Hey, yo, we're here. All right, it's my birthday. Today's your birthday? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. What what number are we sharing? No, I'm 38. 38. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's good, though. You know what's funny is uh, I used to feel bad about, like, comparing where I am now to where I kind of thought I should be. Oh, definitely. Career-wise, you know. Uh, but I think, you know what helps me, actually, is is Buckby. Because he's, you know, he's older than me. He's older than us. Which <laughs> probably doesn't want me to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I think people but, know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and so it was right around my age when I met him. And then he went from there. Now he's had a couple these pretty successful little businesses that he started. And I learned the other day that the average age of a successful entrepreneur is 45. Is this from, this isn't from the microconf SAS thing, is it? Is is that just in general? In general. Okay. I don't know what it is, you know, for like our little software community. Well, that makes me feel really good. I do not see a ton of, of uh, you know, kids in their twenties or whatever, like knocking it out of the park with their first little software no. company. I just don't see that. So, I mean, that's it's like different in startup land. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> we we hear about that a lot, especially on on Twitter. We hear yeah, all the, the and then it turns out, yeah, you want to actually build a nice little. B2B software company that has big margins and you know really profitable and fun like a nice easy place to work at it's uh harder yeah <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Turn, turns out it's hard <laughs> yeah well yeah, what are y'all anyway, what are y'all gonna do on that a little bit probably nothing actually i'm working that's what i'm doing you know that oh yeah fantastic i have to <laughs> <laughs> I've got the whole weekend, including Monday, dedicated to getting like a demoable hotwire version of the front end for the query builder. Okay. So that's what I'm going to do. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you. If it makes you feel better, my birthday's on Sunday and I'll be working as well. Wait, so. we have birthdays that close? <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Now it's just so I was just reflecting on that a little, you know. I was starting to feel old, but that's no, good. Like I'm, I'm experienced. It's more like that. Yeah. Like, uh, I am sort of settling into that. I think once I went past 35 for a few years there, I was like, oh my god, I'm getting old and I've done nothing. But of course, yeah. that's not true. Pretty much on both counts. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. There are a couple. There are a couple of like. 17, 18, 19 year old Laravel developers I follow on Twitter. And it just seems like they're insanely productive and always putting out cool stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm past my prime and I'm 31. <laughs> I, I will be 32, but it's still very early. And you're right about Buckby. He had like, he had a million little side projects before anything actually hit. And it probably hit when he was, I guess when he was 40 or something. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Now he definitely knows what he's doing. Oh yeah. Like that's not a fluke. He could do it again. And, and he has. Yeah. And he has. And that's quite a bit different than, you know, knocking out interesting Laravel side projects over and over again. Yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. Because what are these 17 year old Laravel programmers? What are they? Are they like knocking out businesses left and right that make $400,000 a year? No, like, I don't work? think so. No, they're putting out cool products, but I don't know. I don't know that any of them are making any money. Um, yeah, because I feel like that's easy. Well, it's not easy, but like it's easier. I know how to do that. You know yeah. how to do that. We we probably will do some of that for marketing stuff once we yeah. get to that phase. But certainly, that's much easier than like identifying a thing that other people, other developers would think is cool and would share. That's a skill, but also. Not the not one a, we're optimizing not, for. No, yeah, that's not like the business making one. It's you know, that's it'll play its role. Like we'll we'll use that for sure. So I don't know. I wouldn't feel too bad about it. Also, you crank out work so fast, like faster than other developers that I've worked with. Hundred well, percent. You should not that's feel good like to you're, hear. you're over the hill or whatever. I have I have found. I think historically that's been true. And then I hit a pretty low spot recently, but I have found some energy again the past couple of weeks. And man, when, when that energy goes away and you just sit there staring at the screen and can't do anything, that's, that's pretty bad. You did, you had a whole year where you were rebounding from that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say it wasn't really, it was combination of burnout just, depression yeah so that's a little different but yeah absolutely yeah for took a year it's been more than that i honestly have been i like got out of the pit of despair after a year and then uh have been grinding my way back to some semblance of my former productivity uh yeah and and like just well-being right like like productivity is not my only metric for things that i care about but yeah but it is sort of like it was obvious to me that I could not do as many things for a while there. And then I had to sort of build up that capacity again. Cause you do get older and you do actually have to, it's first of all, you get busier because you have other life things like kids and, you know, house and all that, all that jazz. Your parents get older, you get to start dealing with that stuff. Right. And then, so there's way more stuff going on. They're trying to balance. And so you really have to get really skilled at balancing all of those things with taking care of yourself and putting like deposits back in your sort of energy bucket. That's real hard. And then there's just not that I have it more now. So, okay. I have discovered that exercise and getting into shape and getting some sort of aerobic fitness has actually helped me to gain some of that, like ability to grind it out and like mm. put in like some hours when I need to. I just couldn't do that for a couple of years there. It was just yeah. not, not an option, but now I'm, I'm gaining that ability. Like that's not a great idea to do that all the time. Sometimes like this weekend I have to, so then I'll have the ability to do that. And then I can sort of like go take a step back, recover, you know, put some more deposits in, get back to it. So, yeah, I don't know. You, the older you get, the harder it is. Cause I think that when you're young, you have nothing to think about that. Yep. You don't even realize it until <laughs> yeah. you do have stuff. To until think you about. have stuff to think about. 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, one of the things that has put a lot of energy back in my tank is I went, I haven't been to, I have a counselor that I have seen regularly whom I love. And I haven't been since the pandemic started. And finally I booked a virtual session like last week or the week before. And turns out therapy is better than Twitter because I left, I left that hour and was like, Oh man, I forgot how helpful that is for me. (laughs) So maybe, maybe less time doom scrolling on Twitter and more time talking to my counselor. (laughs) That's funny. You feel like that therapy for me, I did it for a couple of years and it was incredibly beneficial, but for me, it was also incredibly draining. I almost died. Like it just, it was, I didn't look forward to it. Oh, I don't don't look forward to it either. Ah, okay. I misunderstood. No, no, you're totally, I may be misspoke. You're totally right. I don't look forward to it. It is draining, but it's one of those, it's probably like exercising. Like once you're done, you're totally exhausted, but somehow that has given you like a longer term type of energy, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, you're just learning all these new skills for, you're learning about yourself, then learning these new skills to work with, you know, what comes up in your life and yeah it's incredibly beneficial long term short term yeah those short term it sucks (laughs) terrible um i talked to colleen this week and she said well i finally caught up on your podcast and you guys sound tired (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah maybe so (laughs) (laughs) it's probably just me Uh, i don't know old man tired energy that's (laughs) I don't know about that. So we'll try to sound less tired, but I think we may actually just be tired. (laughs) So you're doing, you're doing hot wire. Last time we talked publicly, you were doing react. So what gives? Yeah, it just turns out I misunderstood. Like I went to their little show and tell presentation and people were showing their stuff and here's what we're working on. Here's what we're working on. And I'm just seeing react apps everywhere. And so, and then including some mockups of React apps that had our query builder embedded in them. So I was like, oh, I should be doing this React, like not Hotwire. This is going to be, nobody's going to want this to be Hotwire. Mm-hmm. So I brought that up in their, in their Slack channel because initially I thought we were doing Hotwire. Like that seemed to be what they wanted to do. Right. I'm like, hey, Hotwire or React? Discuss. And uh, it turns out like 90% of the places where this is going to be used is going to be just in plain Rails views where we should just use Hotwire. And really what we need to do is just we, we build a Hotwire version and then uh, in React apps, they're going to just figure out a way to blend in the Hotwire version of what we're doing into the React Ooh. app, which okay. will be, it'll probably be like kind of maybe like a modal solution. So uh, I see. Is that up. is that our problem? Or if we deliver the good hotwire version, they'll figure out how to integrate it where it's react. I think what I'm going to do is deliver the good hotwire version and then, you know, we'll be around to help. Sure. I think for a few months that'll be, we'll have to, we'll have to help out with that stuff. But I I don't know, like as far as integration goes, I I think, I think he wants us to work on integrating it into their app. Um, But and then, I mean, I guess that's what we like. We can't just ship the builder to them and then be like, here you go. Yeah. No, it. that's, and we can like get it all on the rails views and everything, but in the parts where it's react, I wonder, is it up to us to figure out how to make hotwire and react play together? Or are they going to do that? I, think I guess it's that's going to be a 
team yeah a team effort because i mean so at this point we've had the discussion and then they know like i'm okay i'm doing a hot yeah. version yeah that's so. true but then uh and and we also like their director of engineering knows like oh yeah all right so we're just gonna have to figure out what we're gonna do in these react parts of the app where we want to use a query builder and i think honestly they might just not do it you know like yeah <laughs> it's it's like hey it'd be cool if we threw this query builder in in this step uh but in fact they don't have to do it so maybe they won't maybe it's not worth it i don't yeah. know it'll be up to them but i think it will help okay. right but like ultimately be up to them so have you started the hotwire exploration how's it look yeah i started digging into that uh you know just looking at it looking at docs and stuff this week and then right now i'm trying to get just a simple rails view going with just like a demo running of the query builder and building the little you know the models mm-hmm. and views that i need for the builder itself uh so i just just started my initial glance at the docs and everything i i, I can see how this will work uh right. there's weird it's a good stuff. start there's weird stuff like like really it wants you to have like hotwire really wants you to have the object in the database yeah because it's got to persist between requests yeah so that's a little weird um but like I, we can work around it you know like it'll be like maybe you just keep a query id in the session because also i noticed that bullet train has cookie sessions instead of like a lot of rails apps you can specify sessions live in the database mm-hmm. and then the cookie just holds a key to that session object mm-hmm. but bullet train's not doing that so i was initially i was like oh i'll just put it in the session then i realized no i'm going to be just loading up cookies with <laughs> right or blueprints and that's not that's a no-go yeah that's too bad uh so, but yeah, I don't know. I'll just probably put an ID to a query object in there and we'll have to write some little bash thing that goes and like kills old ones or I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it, but I'm just going to bang out the demo with just the, uh, you know, it'll just have a query object in the database and then. So I'm confused about, so I watched the Hotwire, you know, announcement and I read the Hotwire stuff and I watched the whole thing happen when it was, when it was happening. So I kind of know a little bit about it, but I'm confused, like, if you're supposed to use Hotwire, like if their use case includes using Hotwire for like an unpersisted form, like you're filling out a create form or whatever, well, one, is that one of the use cases? And two, how do they do that if there's no object in the database? Uh, I mean, I'm thinking for a create form that 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 doesn't make sense for Hotwire. Okay. I don't, I don't know why I would, we would, it would, they would do that maybe for editing like if you want to do like editing mm-hmm. an object that exists live and have those edits show up in another view somewhere as you're editing i don't yeah okay so this is that. this is super different from laravel livewire which livewire it keeps track of state between requests outside of any sort of database thing. So it sends down, it sends down kind of like encrypted state because PHP is, you know, build the world from scratch every request. So Livewire has to send the state back and build it back up, then operate and then send the operated state back to the front end. So it sounds like Hotwire is a little bit different. That sounds about right. I mean, it has, 
it's basically a bunch of pieces. Like Hotwire is not one technology. It's a bunch of pieces of technology. Mm-hmm. So one is turbo uh, and then the other is plus stimulus. I think that's the mm-hmm. main, the main two things. So you get the ability now with new turbo versus turbo links is the old thing. Turbo gives you streams. So instead of, yeah. uh, so you can sort of pre-cache links. And so they'll load, in the page without having to reload the entire page, that's Turbo Links. Uh, so you click on a link and it just boop, reloads the part mm-hmm. that is new. Turbo Streams lets you uh, reload parts of a template hmm. by stream name. So in our case, the query builder, we have uh, part of our query builder template will be like one line, which is a condition, mm-hmm. or like say groups, right? So like we'll have a group of conditions. And then when we want to add a new condition, there's a turbo streams thing, which will say, uh, add a new, um, you could do like append. Mm-hmm. So you could say like append to, to the main template, rendering this sub template with this new, um, query group or whatever. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So you would, so yeah. then you would on the back end. So everything is happening on the back end, the front end, the JavaScript thing would just, the stimulus controller on the front end would just say, okay, I would click on the add group button mm-hmm. and then it would tell the back end to add a group to the blueprint. And then the back end would then tell the front end what to render now. Right. And it would render it only in that part. And then stimulus, the way it works is you'd think like that's blowing away all your JavaScript listeners and stuff like that. But the way stimulus works is that's not a problem. Um, it's meant to kind of like play well with that mm-hmm. style of, of thing. So, the front end is like the JavaScript itself is going to do very little. It's kind of like, like they say, like sprinkling in right. stuff. Cause the so, idea is you render, you render it from the server and turbo figures out what's new and what's changed and it re- adds updates and replaces as needed. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, really I, my, I'm writing the logic to do all that, but yes, like yeah. I just have like these, like basic utilities of streams, which is like allows me to just update specific parts of the template Hmm. with stuff. So it's like those tools combined, you can sort of, um, and it's, you can imagine like, it's really easy to build chat apps and stuff like that with this model. It's incredibly easy. Yeah. Interesting. Surprised a little bit that they're going so hard on a brand new, technology for a complete rewrite of a huge app but me too that's their prerogative <laughs> yeah yeah me too and we will do it it's not like like i'm gonna do my version of this it will probably not be what everybody else will be doing with hot wire in two years once right because there's out. there's no like community agreement on any anything at yeah. this point yeah exactly but All that's right. cool. I'll, well you'll figure I'll it out yeah, that's great. Um, anything else on your side? I have a few updates. No, I think that's that's about it. Okay. Um, one, I think we have all agreed, all being you and I and members of our chat, to move to hammerstone.dev. Is that, is yeah, that right? That okay, good. Yeah. We were hammerstonehq.com. And I thought, wait a second, I wonder if hammerstone.dev is available. And it is. And I know that 
.dev is not super standard, but it is a Google registrar HTTPS by default. And so it's a normal thing. So I'm going to move us over there. That does mean we'll probably need to change our email addresses, which sucks, but they're not out. They're not out there very far yet. So better now mm-hmm. than later. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So I'll do that. And then you and I had talked, I think offline at some point last week about like um, an option condition where the options can come from like an Ajax request. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got that done in Laravel and it totally rules. So now like now you, you as the developer can define how to find options based on a string that like the end user has typed in. And so, and we'll handle all the routing and everything. So you just have to have one route that you expose. That's basically like refine, you know, deferred option or whatever. And then everything will work together and be tied up from there. So you can hit your database, you can hit a third-party API, you can read a file off the disk and return stuff from there. So it's going to be pretty cool. So I'm very excited about that. Sweet. Yeah. And then um, I talked to Colleen this week, who is doing, obviously doing our Rails implementation. And I think that is going pretty well. Um she had a couple of questions and then at some one point was like, Oh, okay. I get this. This is really cool. It's like, yes, it's working. So (laughs) I think, I think now she's going to be moving right along now that she's got some more of that fundamental understanding. And I, I told her after she had that epiphany, I told her this sounds like the conversation conversations Sean and I had all summer it was like, wait, what? What are you saying? What are you saying? And finally, at some point, it just kind of clicks and starts to make sense. So mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about that. So yeah, totally. Hopefully, some point soon, I'll have our public website up. I've been working on a better version. Um, right now, it's just a template with some tweets on it. <laughs> um, but I'm working on a better version that hopefully I'll be able to get up pretty soon and we'll start to look like a real company. Yeah. Looks awesome. Like the new, the new version. Looks yeah. Thanks. Thanks. It's uh, it's very heavily tailwind UI, which is amazing. And then some customizations. Um, and I'm going to move our podcast. I put like our, um, transistor podcast embedded player on there so we can have a podcast link on the side and you know just to have a couple more pages so it's looking good hopefully this week or next we'll have something out there yeah that's great it'll uh, it'll help to have a more cohesive website presence yeah you know it'll it's like a good starting point yeah for sure and there's that I think I told you earlier, early on about this secondary Laravel package that I worked on like at Christmas, maybe not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before just like a little package. And I, I want to release it as like content marketing basically, but I have to have the site done first because I want it to look legit when we do. And so again, everything needs to happen first, but I think we're getting close and then I can release that little package and hopefully start getting a little traction and just laying the groundwork. 
You know, I was reading Twitter this morning. I think his name is Ruben Gomez. Ruben Gamez. Gamez. Big bid sketch yeah, guy. Bid sketch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that he thinks that making audience building a precondition for starting a software company is maybe a mistake. Mm-hmm. I saw this thread. This was very good. Yeah. Which I totally agree. That's kind of what I was pushing back on at our last, you know, get together with the Ebiz Slack crew. Yeah. Which it was like where we got roasted. <laughs> yeah. But it was kind of like, but I, I know <laughs> like we're, uh, yeah. It, building like I've done the build the audience and sell a product to the audience and like pre-launch and build mm-hmm. up anticipation and all of that. It just doesn't make sense for this. Like once we have, it's, it's, it's this horribly awkward phase that we're in right now where we have to have this product uh, before we can really start figuring out, you know, the ways that we're going to sell it mm-hmm. because of the nature of the product that we're selling. Like, I mean, I still, I still think they're right. Like, it's good to let people know that it exists. So that way it's on people's, it's on developers radars and when we can do that. But also I think it's okay. Like, I think it's okay that it's taking time up front to build it. And then, and then we'll be able to start working on that stuff later. And like worrying about SEO right now, not worry about SEO right now. Like, right. I mean, it's going to take us like a year of spinning through all the other sort of marketing stuff that we can do. That's not SEO related to, be building up our reputation and getting sales that way. There's all these things that we can do that are not SEO. And in the meantime, all that stuff contributes to SEO. And as long as we have that longer term SEO strategy in the back of our minds and we're like working towards that, then I think we'll be good. Like, I think we'll be making, basically what I'm saying is I think we'll be making sales before our SEO stuff is happening. Absolutely. But then, but then that stuff will start kicking in, you know, when we want it to or need it to. Yeah, this is and it's, this is the hard part about what we're doing is it's not like it's not like we're saying the product's not good enough, we can't start marketing. We're saying there's no product. It's not done. Like it doesn't work. We can't start marketing. So and it's also not like we're not selling it. Like we have we have sold it a few times. True. Right? Like and so also, it's not like I'm building a thing that I know that nobody's going to buy. Like we did some market research and we know this is a thing. People will buy it. Uh, and of the few people that know we're doing it, we've had two or three client inbound leads saying, hey, do this for us. So, I mean, we have some pretty good, pretty good data here. I feel okay about it. That's, that's one of the reasons why I jumped on this with you because I was like, oh, this is so obvious that it's a thing that will sell, then I don't have to like worry about that part. Yeah. And that like, I don't have to jump people through hoops to learn how, like what this value this brings. I don't right. have to like do some crazy onboarding stuff. It's going to be for the most people on the front end, a one liner and then, you know, minimal work on the back end, yep. which is the whole point. So it's all this stuff that makes, it was just so obvious. Like, yeah, we could sell this. Yep. <laughs> We you can know. and we have and we will. Yeah, exactly. So I guess I would say is I'm not encouraging people to uh just build in isolation yeah. for a year. But yeah. <laughs> no, don't build for a year. I recommend recommend not doing that. Yeah, it's not very fun. <laughs> um, 
and it may not work out for other types of products. I'm confident it will work out for us, but it sure is uh, it sure is painful to not have it out there for such a long time. I think we're both looking forward to like phase two where we get to do other types of work. This is a lesson to learn, I guess, like in the battle of like, there's so many battles that you're fighting when you're doing something like this, like the psychological battle of staying motivated is important. Mm-hmm. And so to that end, getting some momentum is important. Big and then time. to that end, we should have picked the, even though I think in the end, building a more versatile open source front end is, you know, I think it'll pay off. We'll see. But even if it doesn't like, it just would have been better to just have a version, like crank out a query builder that just works, uh, that doesn't do everything that everybody wants. And, you know, but it, it works for a lot of customers and just yeah. do that. That way we would have had a little bit of momentum going. Uh, we could have been working on other stuff as we went. So I would say that's my lesson learned from this. We got to manage our momentum and our psyche a little bit. Yeah, I would totally agree. And I wonder, like, I wonder what the takeaway is. Cause the takeaway is not ship, uh, a crappy first version. I think it's probably ship a smaller, but still fully complete, but, but smaller first version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we added scope that we didn't need to in the name of marketing, honestly, cause we're like, Oh, the open source, the front end being open source and flexible is going to be a great marketing channel, which I still believe is probably true. I think so. And I think, it, yeah, also I think that, Sorry, I said I think so, and Alexa decided to talk hmm. at me. Alexa, stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that it took me longer than that I realized it would. And part of it was understanding the problem domain, yeah. which you just talked about with Colleen also. Yeah. <laughs> like having to sort that out. And like, yeah, I just, you know, I mean, 2020 hindsight, right? Like, I, there's no way I could have known. Oh no, that it would turn out this way. But I think we could try to make choices to avoid something like this happening again, for sure. Yeah. And that brings up an interesting question. I don't want to go too long here, but I, I do think this is interesting of what's going to be next. Are we going to go super deep on this into like Python or I guess Django and, you know, whatever node frameworks exist and symphony and, maybe ye which is still a php framework like how deep do you think we'll be able to go on this versus doing another component pretty soon after this i don't think we're going to need to touch another component for at least a year or two and i don't think that we'll even have to go into those other frameworks to do that like i think we'll see growth with just laravel rails communities those are definitely the biggest i think and they're big enough I mean, I, I don't think we'll need to branch out to other components for some time. And I don't think we should, because I'm already looking at the amount of code that we have <laughs> and that we have to be in charge of and maintain. Yeah. Being like, yeah, oh, no, this is a mistake. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, yeah, La- Laravel, yeah, Rails, Vue, React, Hotwire, probably Laravel, yeah. Nova. And I mean, maybe... we don't have a React version. Maybe we won't even have a React version. We'll yeah, see what happens. I guess, I guess that's true. But I just want to try and sell it to Rails and Laravel communities. And then, and what I do think we should do is integrate to other things. What do you mean by that? 
like with bullet train we're integrating so you can you know you could just do it as an add-on to bullet got it i mean there's probably other platforms like that yeah i know there's the one in laravel nova yeah like that maybe there's you know little quick little add-ons we could do uh like a wordpress plugin for query builder on your wordpress page or something yeah. like that you know which is kind of like a smaller thing but it's lead gen and mm-hmm. uh i don't know i think i'd be more inclined to do like marketing things like that integration is marketing basically what yeah. platforms can we embed ourselves in you know yeah so yeah that i think that'll be a, i think that'll be a good angle nova bullet train maybe even like maybe even something crazy like statomic which is a cms in laravel like I know that they have extensions and you can buy extensions for Statomic. So I wonder, I wonder what other types of um, integrations we could do without having to rewrite a whole new core, which we would have exactly. to do in Python. So exactly. I do not want to do that. No, no, me either. I think there's so many things we could explore and do that don't involve adding a ton of code to what we already have to maintain. And yeah, I think we'll be able to, I think we're going to be able to press, like, pull way back on programming, way back for at least a year. Ooh, and that would be awesome. I think so. I, yeah, there's so, too much stuff to do first before we, before we give up and try to program some more. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That hasn't stopped me from thinking about next components, though. Yeah, it's good, though. It's good to keep our eye out and stuff. Because then we'll be able to, that, and that's also good because, like, there are probably some co- components out there that would be a bad idea for us to do, mm-hmm. right? Like, and we'll also kind of learn like what what is what's really good about this component and these two envir- like ecosystems that we're in, mm-hmm. and what's bad, and then when we do the next thing, we can optimize for the things that we learned. So I think it's good to not do more products until until this is. There's so much potential f- for for this, just as it is with those two ecosystems. Yeah, I think. I agree. I agree. I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be. I think part of what I'm feeling is like wanting to work on a different aspect, and I think the marketing is gonna bring that. But also, you know, building a new component would bring that, but that doesn't give us any value. That's just going down the same road again, which yeah. would take a thousand years. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll save that conversation for a year from now and see if we even need to have it. Yeah, like, and I don't know, like, what are the metrics that we would use to decide, okay, it's time to, I I think we'll know. I think we'll know because it'll be like, okay, we've explored all of these different ways to market and grow this one product that we have, and growth is slowing. Yeah. So then we should you know or like stabilizing so then and then at that point it would be like okay and also it might be a resources thing yeah so okay if we if we're just making a boatload you know on licenses then maybe we're like all right well let's uh, hire some people to maintain this and then we you know we can just go at it for some other thing i don't know you know we get to decide that's the part and we'll see maybe they're maybe a big, another ecosystem starts pulling in a big way. Like maybe symphonies like, Hey, we really, really, really need this in symphony. It's like, okay, well we can start building it in symphony. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, step one, you just have to figure out like how to sell just licenses of this, which yep. we, we've only done that, you know, the one time. Yep. <laughs> I think we'll I think we'll figure it out, but yeah, I mean, we still have to figure it out. Yeah. So get there. Well, all right. Uh, other and final piece of big news for me is I'm getting my first round of COVID vaccine in three hours. That's so exciting. I know. I'm super pumped. I'm tier I'm tier one B in Texas because I have type one diabetes, so I'm a high risk category. So oh, you're about to say you're tearing up. Which, no. uh, to be honest, I, when I get when I get mine, I know there's zero doubt in my mind I will be crying for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm <laughs> already I'm already planning to take a picture because like while it's happening, unashamed selfie while it's happening because this is like a truly historic moment. Yeah. Like in 50 years, people are still going to be talking about COVID. So yeah, I, I recognize what a big deal it is. And it's absurd that trying to get an appointment was like trying to get, you know, limited edition Nike shoes or something. I'm, <laughs> I've got four browser windows open and I'm like waiting and waiting in line. And it's just stupid, but I got one. That's so cool, man. Yeah. Beth is getting hers the 23rd, I think. Nice. So, and Beth's a teacher. So she's on one, she's in one B in, in Chicago at least. Perfect. So that's super exciting. Cool. All right. Anything else? That's it, man. Let's, let's wrap it there. Okay.